Welcome to Stop, Hack, and Roll, a podcast about totally agreeing with your co-host about whether form matters in a discussion about systems. I'm James. And I'm Brandon. Today we're going to be really arguing about whether form matters and then discussing randomization in Radcrawl. Do you think that the form of this podcast matters? Like when people, if, if we were releasing this as a book or as an audio, a scripted audio drama, do you think that it would have the same appeal? That's what James said to me when I sat down on my computer that day and connected to the call. <laughs> All right. That was a dumb intro, but here we are. Here we are. Hi. Um, Hi. I almost reintroduced myself because no. we haven't introduced ourselves yet in our own timeline, in yeah. the form that our timeline takes. Which uh, is the backwards hi. timeline. We record this whole podcast backwards. You guys all know that. It's really hard to get we all the words backwards. Do. But when you've been well, like when you've been learning how to speak words backwards phonetically for three years, it actually comes a little bit easily. Actually, if you look at the order in which we record it, none of them are in the slot of the order that we do, like that it's released, right? Like if there's three oh, yeah. slots, beginning, middle, and end, none of them line up properly with the order that we do. Yeah, it. we actually just re- recorded the first episode ever, like last week. Right, exactly. Uh, Send it back in time. Which is about D&D, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cutting the head off the dragon. Oh my gosh, how fitting for us to talk about that. Oh. Given that this is, in some ways, uh, Brandon coming home. Yeah. Coming home to the D20. Yeah. Because today we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be coming close to some Twitter discourse uh, and going towards system matters. Does system matter? Does it not? (laughs) But going... We don't want to talk about that. No, we're gonna go we just want to talk about it. form factor. Explain to so briefly. Yeah. Can you cover what the conversation about does system matter means? But really, Absolutely. really, my what, what I want the most is what is the difference to you? Or what is the difference in your mind between system and form factor? Okay. Uh, so this is something that I went into a little bit on Twitter. I didn't go deeply involved because I'm trying to do fewer threads. The does system matters discussion basically comes down to arguments whether the game you're playing matters at the table. So like in a lot of traditional spaces, people will be like, hey, I want to do Star Wars. How about we play D&D? Or, hey, I want to do teenage superheroes. Let's play D&D. Uh, or, hey, I want to do telenovelas. That's not true. No one in that form is doing telenovelas. Not sorry. yet. <laughs> Hashtag not sorry, not sorry. Uh, but so that has become like kind of a rift between some of the more traditional, more OSR folks and some of the more like story gamey folks. Uh, and I'm not going to get into like sides on that because I think in some ways it does matter. In some ways it doesn't. It's more sophisticated than just a yes, no. But basically it's asking, does the way that you inter- interact with the rules and does do the rules that are provided tell how your story is going to work in a way that's meaningful and important? Or can you basically play any game and what matters much more is the people that you have at the table providing the fun? Uh, So it doesn't go like straight down the line of uh, traditional versus non-traditional. There's definitely some people that say, hey, system doesn't matter, play culture matters that are in the more story gaming kinds of spaces. I think there is some truth to both sides. Uh, if you and I played D&D today, there would be way more, like, story gamey elements in it 
purely because it's the two of us, right? Last time I played D&D, any time there was a miss, something happened because I stopped following the rules. And like, even if it was just a narrative thing that didn't have any mechanical background to it, uh, just getting into the PBTA space got me thinking, hey, if someone misses, then the goblin is coming right at them, right? And so things have like advanced, things continue to happen on the narrative, which suggests the system doesn't matter. On the other hand, if I were to, say, uh, run an actual play podcast about a magical school, I would probably not choose D&D <laughs> as my first choice because there's other things that will give me more mechanical support and build a story that more closely resembles those magical school stories. See, now, I think it is interesting that people, like, I mean, I guess, we, I don't think we really want to get super into the weeds on this, but I think... Yeah, that but it, that's totally where this debate is coming but from, But I think right? that it like, is interesting... I, I think that it's interesting that you say that in the indie game space, it's yeah. less important what the system is, and that would not have been my gut instinct. Oh, no. I feel like, I feel like in, in the indie game space, system is more regarded as important. Okay. Uh, because like, I thought you said it wasn't. I, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I may have misspoke. I, okay. There are some people in the indie game space that say, like, no, it's table culture. I know that that's a big thing um, over at the gauntlet mm -hmm. that they say like that. And obviously the, the gauntlet is not a monolith. It's a whole bunch of people. It's a huge community. But I've been seeing some people from the gauntlet talking about like, hey, what's important more than system is play culture at your table. Which also I, I feel like it's, you know, all of I mean, it is just that's definitely important. All of it's important. It's, it's all, all important. System is important. Serious play business. Culture, culture is important. The people you play with are important. Absolutely. Everything is important. That's the problem with this argument is that everything is important. Yeah. There's nothing that's not important. And so what has been interesting to me in like reading a lot of these arguments is seeing discussions that are people clearly having two different conversations. Yeah. So like there are people that have a wide breadth of game of games that they've played. That are saying things like, hey, if you're playing Fate versus PBTA, those create very different kinds of stories. And then there are people that are really, really, really knowledgeable about D&D. Posting things like, hey, you can play D&D with a D10 and it doesn't change anything. You just have to change these percent percentages in these ways. <laughs> uh, and there are two groups of people that are extremely knowledgeable. Talking entirely different conversations. And so there are things where people going like, yeah, you could use cards. Cards, using cards doesn't change it or using cards changes it entirely. And that isn't what system is. That's just like a single form of the involvement of it, right? If I had 20 cards that had a one through 20 on it, I could play D&D &D with literally nothing different by shuffling those cards and drawing a card every time yeah. and shuffling the cards and drawing a card every time. If we... And the system hasn't changed. If we if we change D and D a little bit to replace the D twenty with a D with two D six, yeah, and change nothing else about the system, you're just rolling two D six, and then all we do is role play and don't engage the mechanics, then they don't matter. <laughs> yeah, as long as we don't touch the mechanics, and all the, the only thing that would change is that we would fail on anything that's even a medium difficulty. Right, but we're not so. engaging the mechanics at all. <laughs> yeah, we just we're just, just role playing. Just tell like a magical school story. Yeah, I'm. I'm not like intentionally crapping on the adventure zone. I actually really enjoy the adventure zone. Um, but 
that is, I think that's why this discourse has maybe popped in again. It comes back every couple years, uh, with like slightly larger antlers. Uh, but is it an elf? so this is yes, yeah. What system of elves you use yeah. makes a huge difference yeah, in your yeah. game. But you want to make sure you use the system where they have uh, antlers. Antlers, you gotta at least a d twenty of antlers. Yeah. Uh, but so really, I think having that conversation is a very difficult thing to do because. There are things that are very obvious that are differences in system, and there are things that are secretly the same thing, right? Like, if you have, if you're using cards and you're changing nothing else, is that changing system or is that just changing your randomizer? Like, at what point? Yeah, that's changing is, your resolution mechanic. Yeah, at what point does like just changing how you determine a random number actually making a difference versus not? Like. <sighs> If you're turning to your to your buddy Steve and you're saying, "Hey Steve, tell me a number between one and 20. that is rolling a d twenty, just a d twenty that's probably pretty crooked. I think there's an. I mean, I I didn't dabble too much into this into this argument because uh, I don't really have a, a dog in that race, but um, I think that there's a there's another kind of like sub argument perhaps about mm-hmm. that it's not so much about does system matter, but it is more about like system like effectiveness like Mm. if the question is just can you play a magical school in D &D, well then the answer is yes like yeah and if that and if that's like the story you want to tell and D &D is the system that you feel the most uncomfortable as a pass the stick alternative to yeah. facilitate your role playing well then like yes 100 it can do that and like that's kind yeah. of the beauty of the the d20 systems is mm-hmm. they they like do the the war mechanic of like let's do the punching and fighting stuff really like the they do that pretty well if you are into that kind of simulationist uh yeah. representation of combat and then if you don't engage that mechanic at all then that's like not fine but it's like you're not playing the game but it's not preventing <laughs> you from doing it like if you yeah. if you if you chose to do magical school with masks yeah like you would if you were not ignoring rules you would mm-hmm. trigger moves occasionally but then they yes, would pull absolutely. you in a, in a direction that is different like if you yes. if you do the if you pl- do magical school and play a d20 system you may trigger some of those mechanics, but they won't narratively probably pull. I mean, they they'll pull you to like towards war simulation, perhaps. But but right, like there's there's mechanics that are going to be a little funky, like going, hey, uh, if we use the experience mechanics as listed, then the only way that I'm leveling up is killing monsters. Yeah, which probably isn't what you want for your magic school, but. It- but who am I yeah, to judge? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's your so, thing. So there's that conversation of like, can it do it versus will it do it well? Or yeah. in a way that is enjoyable to everyone maximally. And like in terms of enjoyment. I guess not enjoyment. That's the wrong word. Like, Because enjoyment maybe system doesn't matter. Like I think honestly we could sit down and play an objectively bad game. Like a game that is objectively difficult to play yeah. and objectively doesn't do much to help you yeah like not like a not like a horrific game but just a bad game and have a good time yeah because we're playing with our friends like honestly we could even play an objectively horrific game and 
not go anywhere near the objectively horrific things. But we could also. I, but I don't think we should. Those are all the same reasons why, like, like our group of friends could sit down and, and play a magical school story with no system, and we would still oh, yeah. like just like with no system tell an interesting story because we're comfortable in like narrative forms and whatnot and and interesting character interactions. Exactly. You know what we need to play. We need to play, uh, oh, what is it? Dr. Magnet Hands as a magical school. <laughs> you just write down spells or magical items. Yeah. This is genius. Dr. Dumble Hands. Dr. Dumble Hands. Yeah. Dumbledore also fits in the arena. Yeah. <laughs> None uh, of that I is hope, useful. <laughs> I hope that Elspeth doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, uh, I, I, I've got bad news. I think she does. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's, I think that's, so that is like an interesting beginning to this conversation. Yeah. So, and so what we're going to do actually is not have that conversation in depth, I think, because I think you and I mostly agree on it. Yeah. Uh, in that we're like, Hey, sometimes, and sometimes not depending on your goals, which is maybe like the family crest of stop, hack and roll. Uh, but, but I think that, I think that like. I think that there is a, especially when it comes, I think this is where, and I hope that this is where we're, I think this is where we're going, that there is a, there's a physicality to system. Like mm-hmm. when you play D&D, you are rolling a D20 or you are rolling some D10s to do damage or whatever, like whatever yeah. your weapon is. When you are playing Genesis or um, what's the the Star Wars version of Edge of the Empire, um, you are rolling a dice pool. When you are playing Blades in the Dark, you are rolling 2D6. When you are playing Masks, you're rolling 2D6. When you're playing yeah. Dogs in the Vineyard, you're rolling, I think, a pool of D6s. Um, a pool of anything. A pool Lots of anything. Of when you are playing Dread, you're pulling... Uh, you're rolling uh, you're towers, ta- things from a tower. Like that's a that's those are systems, and those are or those are parts of their system. But there's a physicality to them that I think we kind of agree is maybe the thing that's more important. Oh no! Uh oh! Uh oh! Do we not and agree on that? Disagree. I think we that's disagree. more important. I think that I think the physicality of it is way more important than what it's actually doing. Mm, okay. Which is which comes like, back so to you're, my. So you're saying like the experience of picking up a whole bunch of dice yeah. in in Shadowrun feels like playing Shadowrun. Yeah, like it's the difference okay. between when you're playing Dread, you could simulate playing Dread with rolling dice with a d20, with a, with, yeah. a, with, a, with a d20, but that's a different physicality than pulling the 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 the, the, the block from the tower, and like mm. it's the. When you when you uh, when you're playing Edge of the Empire, you want to have that dice pool because you that dice like moving dice around and adding things together is that kind of like flipping switches on the Millennium Falcon before you roll all your pool of dice and and like punch it like and there's a physicality right. to that that's different and to me at least that feels more important than the actual resolution mechanic. See, in my mind, what I'd be looking at is what how these different resolution mechanics actually build things out so like is a is a hand of cards functionally different from rolling a bunch of dice like if you're rolling d10s right yeah and instead you have an enormous stack of uno cards with all of the special cards taken out that's functionally the same thing right uh for an infinitely large stack of uno cards uh but basically like if that is the difference, then I think that that isn't actually a system difference, right? That's just a different way of showing it. 
So like if you're playing Exalted and you roll 15 d10s, that is functionally the same as spinning a spinner 15 times, right? I mean, mechan- like maybe from a mechanical resolution, like randomizer standpoint, but they those are very physically different actions. Oh, yeah. And I think that, totally. like, I, I mean, to me, that physicality is part of the system in a way that uh, is that is important and can't be ignored. That's so funny, because for me, it's actually the opposite of that, is that it if there isn't a functional difference in the randomization and the way that things are happening, then I feel like it, it isn't that, that it isn't a system difference. It's just a feel difference, right? Like I wouldn't say like if you're using a dice roller, I don't think you're doing a different system, right? You're still doing the same thing, even though you're not like holding dice, it changes the experience. Just like having, uh, having a glass of wine versus everyone chugging Mountain Dew is a difference. Yeah. But, like, that isn't a system difference. Huh. The dice roller thing is an interesting thing. Um, I mean, I... Because that doesn't feel as different to me than... Yeah. If you, if you take, if you take a, a pool of D10s and simulate rolling them with a dice roller versus a spinner that you roll... That has 10 slots that you roll 10 times, that feels more different, the spinner. The change to the spinner feels more different than the change to the dice roller to me. Because it means that you get the information slowly as to how well you're doing. And and also it's a the the dice roller is a simulation of the physicality of the D10s, whereas the spinner is not. It's something else physically. But it gives like it gives the same results, right? Yeah. But it's different. So I would contrast that in terms of like whether it's system or not, by uh instead of rolling instead of like let's say you're you're playing D D, right? Instead of rolling a d20, you have cards from 1 to 20, and you have a hand of five cards at the beginning. And those are the rolls you're going to make for your first five rolls. So you get to decide which one is your 17 that you have in your hand well, versus which one is your three you have in your hand. Boy, is that... That's a system difference. Yeah. That's definitely a system difference. That's also a mechanical right. difference. I think. Yes, I think exactly. there's a there's a. I think there's a big deep question here that no one is addressing, which is what is a system? What is a <laughs> game? What is, is a game, man? <laughs> like, Let me just. Uh, uh, Webster's dictionary says a system. <laughs> no. Um, a set. It's okay. So a system is a state railroad system. No, or a multi-party system of government. Those are the those are the two examples. So, so Ticket to so, Ride is the only role Ticket to Ride is the game. only. Yes, okay. that is definitely. We've the all truth. been doing this extremely wrong. We've I, been we've been I'm, doing this entirely wrong. But if you switch all of the green ones for blue ones, I don't even know if there are green and blue ones to, in System to Ride. It's been a little while since I've played, and my color vision is not Ticket great. to Ride. You said System to Ride. <laughs> system to Ride, our new podcast. Um. Yeah. A system is a set of things working together as a part of a mechanism or interconnected network. Oh my god, we're actually, we're, we can't actually do this. This is a funny, funny joke. This isn't a thing we're doing. <laughs> but, so, I mean, but I, I think it's important game. because you're saying, you're saying <laughs> the physicality of, of, of rolling dice versus a spinner is not a system. And I'm saying that's integral to the system. It's important to D&D that you are rolling a D20. As opposed to like spinning a spinner. A spinning like, a spinner. D20 is actually an, an awesome example. If you had six spinners in front of you, one, one to four, one, one to six, etc., like that is literally the same. Cause it, it also it takes the same amount of time. Because I, I can see the difference in terms of like Shadow Run, because at yeah. least with spinning it, it would be the same as like rolling one die at a time. 
No, I would say uh, which, the spinners are totally different. They're totally. How are they totally because different? It's a totally different physical motion. It's a totally different mind. Like my mind does things when I spin a spinner that it doesn't do when I'm rolling a dice. So, but what if you type? What about okay, when you type wait. slash r one d twenty? Here's the th- here's the difference. Here's so maybe this is a spinner thing, but let me just get into do this. You hate really spinners? Quick. Let's get really really into the weeds here. <laughs> this is when so you were, bad. When you were rolling, when you, when you were spinning a spinner, yeah. Um, at least if you're if we're talking like a twister spinner or like a like a wheel of fortune wheel you can physically see all of the possible solutions like the possible uh results and yeah. so as you spin and the spinner spins slower as the or as the wheel slows or as the spinner spins slower you see it passing by options that it will never get back around to and so you like are eliminating probabilities of resolutions as the the thing is slowing down until it lands on the thing that you are actually hitting versus is a such- dice is you don't like because you're like you're you, it's all hidden in your hands you're cupping it you're rolling the dice and you don't as it's tumbling you don't see all the possible answers it is truly random up until the moment when it lands and then you see the result but you haven't eliminated other results and that yeah, is a I mean, mentally say- separate series of events for both of those things I will say you do see the other options when you roll a die, but not really, not really, not really. When you okay. roll a die, are you like, well, shit? There's the six. There's uh, the guess, six. I, guess it's not going to tumble around to land on that. There's I more mean, randomness no. with the with the, with the die because the die may ran- may randomly <laughs> tilt in one direction or another. There's, I mean, it's not more randomness, but there's like there's a there's a level of randomness. There's a more perceptual. The phys- there's, there's more, more perceptual, perceptual randomness, randomness in the physicality of the die than there is in those spinners. Okay, and those are important okay so what about those spinners like not the spinner from uh from from uh what's what's the name of the game you you mentioned twister twister no yeah not the one from twister but the one from life that like you have to spin it as hard as you can and there's like no chance that it's actually going to spin more than like three times around the circle but and you're it still stops like a dead stop you're still gonna and, like, see it happens it so slow quickly. It's a like, little bit and it's done i mean that's better i think if you were to cover all the results Okay. Until, or like draw draw cards from a like a hat. Is that the same or different? Um, I mean, drawing cards is a totally different action too because you're like you're reaching into something and re- and withdrawing it. That's that feels more different to me than the spinner. The spinner is definitely closer different? to a die roll than than the because when you when you are reaching okay. into a bag of card, like if you're reaching into a bag that has cards in it between yeah. one and twenty. Then yeah. you grab the die or you grab the the card, and at that point, the the probability that you will that of that you will draw that number is locked in, but you haven't seen it yet. And so then there's a physical <laughs> a, there's a time period between which you have chosen the number but don't know what it is that isn't I there mean, when you roll a die or spin a spinner. <laughs> it's not. It's like so. Like okay. How many times when you're rolling dice do you just like see where it looks like it might be about to land and then flick it to make sure it doesn't? You don't, but that's my point. Yeah, so it's the same. No. (laughs) It's totally different. I am losing my mind at this. This is the (laughs) weirdest thing you have ever said on this podcast and maybe ever to me. (laughs) No, this is... (laughs) It's like such like a high bar. It's like such like... An absurdly high bar from all of the weird stuff you've said to me over the years. I 
I cannot tell if you're playing devil's advocate or not. I can't believe that you're telling me that spinning a spinner, drawing cards at random, and rolling a dice are identical actions. That's ridiculous. They are physically different. Okay. I'm being completely serious about this. There is there is a difference to those. And if you aren't thinking about when you're making... I mean, is that a system in a, in a, difference? What? It's not like a system difference. It is. It's not a functional important difference. But I, I mean, this is a thing that I think is important, is that I think if you are designing a game, you should be thinking about the physicality of the actions that you're asking <laughs> okay, your players yes, to I, engage okay. in. I, I can accept that. Of I don't think it's like a system thing. I think that's like a scene setting thing. No, I think, I think like, it's, it's definitely like, a system. Okay. Is it a system difference if we record, if we play a game and the walls are blue in the room versus white in the room. Is that a system difference? No, it's a setting difference for your physicality of the space. Uh, you're, talking about the, you're talking about the physical room that you're playing in the or the room, room you're that, playing you're, in. that the story is taking place in? No, the physical room that you're playing in. Um, that's not part of the game. If you're playing and uh, one week we use red dice and the next week we use orange dice. So is that is that a system difference or is that like a setting difference that we're experiencing? So, okay, no, so that is a setting. That's a setting experience difference. I okay. will say if the game specifies that you should use dice that have numbers on them versus dice that have pips on them, that's a system thing, and that's important. Oh God. If you if you have like <laughs> you're getting more fine. It's yes, like, I'm like I'm trying to go like can I feel like I need to broaden your idea on this because it seems like so. So if you play if you play Edge of the Empire <laughs> with Genesis dice, then you're 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 voiding the warranty to some extent because they have different symbols on them because they specifically made Genesis and they made they made the dice for Edge of the Empire that have Star Wars systems on it or symbols but, on it. So when you're playing the game, you were immersed in that 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 the universe and they changed the roll online is okay. Hmm. But clicking roll online is the same. It's it's, even though there it's isn't definitely the it's different. I agree that it's different. But okay. if what you're doing is simulating the dice roll, it's more similar than if you've changed the system to do a spinner okay. or something. What if you have a spinner and the spinner has pictures of dice on it? Or you reach into a hat and draw out pictures of dice on it? That's still that's more like drawing a card with a number on it <laughs> than it is anything else. You reach else. into a hat and you pull out D6, you, you have six D6s in there. One of them is only ones. One of them is only okay. twos. Let me, let me ask you this. So yeah. in, in Dungeons and Dragons, it is yes. a system in which uh, you, you, if you are doing an attack, for example, mm -hmm. you, you roll a dice, you look at the result, yeah. and then you do some math to add mo multiplier or modifiers to that to get a total yes. number that then is the resolution. In a system like Dark Heresy, uh, which is a which is the um, uh, Warhammer 40k system that I talk about a bunch. You okay. add mul you're, you take your modifiers and you're adding them to the DC first, and then you roll your die. That is different because because at the moment when you have finished rolling the dice in Dungeons and Dragons, you then have to do math to see if you've hit the the DC, but in in Dark Heresy, you do all the math first, and then as soon as you are done rolling the die, you instantly know if you succeeded or failed. I feel like 
I have been conned because we had this first part of the conversation that I thought we were totally on the same page. <laughs> and like when I described like the two different ways of thinking about it, that like one is like focused so hard on form factor and the other <laughs> isn't. I thought we were both in the isn't. Uh, because in my mind, that's the same thing. It's the same result. Like a adding plus three to the, to the DC versus subtracting three from your role versus whatever. Like if it's getting the same probabilities, that to me is the same thing. And then I fall on system doesn't matter. Cause I fall, I basically feel form factor doesn't matter unless it affects something. Uh, I don't know. But I mean, I, I, don't, I don't. I guess. I guess I agree. But where I don't agree is that I don't understand how form factor couldn't matter. Okay. Like I agree that form factor only is like form, like the the, the physicality of the thing only matters if it's relevant, except that it's always relevant. And you feel like it's always relevant. Okay. And I feel like rarely is it relevant. Like, but uh, yeah. Wow. That, so that was a weird tangent. That we, I mean, not wow, tangent. That was intense. That's a, that was a weird thing that we went down. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's caught me entirely off guard. I and and I just think that it's important. That and I think, I think that, but I think <laughs> that you, when you are making a game, when you or when you are hacking a game, you should yeah. investigate your resolution mechanic, not from just a from just a uh, a mechanical um, like resolution, like randomizer standpoint, but from a physicality standpoint, and. And because and because like like you have to think about things like so so when you are when 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 I, I mean I don't I don't know but if you are designing a game like Dread you need to understand right. that there's a physicality to that and that yes. by saying this physicality is important first of all Dread is a great a great example of why physicality is important because like there are ways that like we could play tabletop simulator online and we yes. could simulate a a, a Jenga tower. But that wouldn't yes. quite be the same as the physical act of pulling the Jenga uh, blocks. And it certainly wouldn't be the same as if we just rolled dice to see if we failed. Like, there's a physicality right. to that. And because when they were designing Dread, they were clearly thinking about that, you're making the decision to say this is relevant. But you're also making the decision to say, if I if the, if the players don't have a Jenga tower, if they're not in the same physical location, then they can't play this game. If they're not, for whatever other physical reason, able to draw blocks from a Jenga tower, yeah. then they can't play this game. I'm making a decision about this that will affect the way that people will be able to play my game. And so if you aren't thinking, should my game have a spinner? Should it be a dice roller game? Should it be a... Uh, should I encourage people to use... Uh, an online dice roller should they be doing other things if you're not thinking about the physicality of your resolution mechanic from more than just a random number generator kind of sense then i think you're i think i think that it's the same thing as can D&D play a magical high school sure it can but you're not taking it full advantage of the story elements like if you're not if you're not making the decisions about your randomizer mechanic as much as they did when they were desi designing dread then you're missing out I I disagree so hard because like I think you could play dread and get the exact same level of of like engagement making making a card tower or like playing a game where you have to like throw things into a cup like playing like a beer pong style thing with like a big thing and like slowly whittling it down. I'll give you the card tower because a card tower building a card tower is more like 
pulling uh pulling blocks from a tower than it is yeah than it is rolling dice but in the same way that yeah. rolling spinning a spinner is more like rolling a die than pulling a card from a bag is oh i feel like this is the thing where it's like you're like describing this as if it's like so evident it is and i have such a hard time seeing it i don't see how that's possibly more like the other thing they're three identical things Rolling a d20 this is, also, is physically this different is, than rolling 2d6. Yes. And that's an important because difference. Because it gets different results. I don't think so. What is it? Okay. <laughs> what do you mean you don't think so? I don't one agree. Those are different. One only goes up to 12. <laughs> they literally get different results. But they're physically different in the sense that you're rolling one die versus two dice. Yes, and that's that is true. And you could skew the, the the resolution mechanic of your game such that they had the same random number like resolution mechanic. Almost, except that the two d six is going to have a bell curve, and the d twenty isn't. But couldn't you be, like? Couldn't you then just say like if if a Okay, but so, oh, so that's like, true. Like, like make the D twenty into a bell curve. Yeah, you can make you the can D20 make the D twenty into a bell curve, curve. or we can do D6. it with a D with two D tens and then replicate the same bell curve using probability. But that's true. different. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, that's that's different. That's because different. There's also there's no math involved then. Like the fact that you have to roll two D six and add a number two numbers together and then add your modifier is a stalling mechanism in the game that makes you think about that roll more but it makes you think about the roll less than if you're rolling a d20 and then adding a series of modifiers it puts more emphasis on the roll than it does on the modifiers because it's saying adding the two dice is just as important as adding the modifier because when you roll a 2d6 for a pbta game you're rolling a number between one and six and then adding another number another number between one and six and then you're adding a number between one and or whatever negative three and three versus When you're rolling a d20 for a for a, for Dungeons and Dragons, you're rolling one die that will give you a number between one and, and twenty, and then you're adding another number, and maybe another like five numbers, and maybe another five yeah. numbers. Okay. So there's a physical there's there's a there's a, like a there's a there's a brain stall. I mean, this is where like where people like rolling physical dice because it gives them the the right brain uh, response to doing that math. Versus playing online, where you're when or rolling a dice roller is physically is a different thing because you're not doing the math necessarily. For me, if there's like a there's a difference between experience and like the overall experience, which you can shape however you want to shape it, and the system. So like I think this is a good example here. Um, if you're playing D and D and you play background music during it versus not playing background music during it. That's not system. That's like setting experience, right? <laughs> um, if you play Pasión de las Pasiones and you play the song intro that has the very specific instructions on how to use that song intro, then that's a system thing. Yeah, but that's true. But it's the same thing. I mean, to me, that's the same thing as... Again, that's the same thing as will D&D play a magical school well? Or will it play a magical school? Yes, but maybe not well. If you, like, the whole point of, maybe not the whole point, but a big part of indie gaming to me 
and this sort of like PBTA genre that we are sort of ensconced in is using all parts of the system to reinforce the the tropes of the genre that you're trying to build. Yes. And if you're not thinking about the the, the resolution mechanic as part of the system as another thing that you can use to push that genre, then I think you're missing out in the same way that someone who is using a D20 system to play a magical school is also missing out on system reinforcement. Hmm. Okay. I, I, I can see, I can see some of this. I mean, I think it's, I think it's um, definitely, I think it is an important thing to I'm, consider. I I'm think definitely it, nitpicking it is, here a little bit. I was going to say, this feels like so tiny, but like, this feels it's so the tiny difference compared between, to but anything it's, else. It's also the difference between if in your game, you that you write you say play this music at the beginning of this song at the beginning of every session or play music even in general during every session mm-hmm. if you it's if if you write that into your system and then people do it then they're 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 engaging with the system like that's part of the system if they do it when if you play music while you're playing D&D then that is because you chose to do it in the same way that if you role play while playing D&D, it's because you chose to do it, not because the system told you to. But if you write into your game system that people should play music, now it's part of the system, they should do it. And if they're not doing it, then they're not getting the full experience the same way as if they play Passion but don't use the basic moves, then they're not playing the system the way that you designed it. My brain is just like buzzing right now because <laughs> because I, I keep on feeling like there's an example that I can say to you that will show where I see that difference. But every example I've given to you, I feel does that and you don't see it the same way. It's like it's <laughs> like I, I have I have some like some mild like colorblindness stuff yeah. and it is it is like. It is like the people trying to explain to me the difference between two similar colors that I cannot see the difference between. Uh, and I'm, I'm feeling like that same experience of like holding up like two color swatches and someone going like, wait, you really you really can't see how this spinner and this dice are so dissimilar. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But hey, I have an idea. Interestingly, I don't think Let's that move- like I don't think the color of dice matters as much unless we're talking because again unless we're talking about the extremes of like if you're if you if you write into your game that your game is like if if i were to make a game about space then i would then i would want to sell dice that are black dice that have dark gray inlaid numbers because or probably not numbers but pips because then those dice are going to be hard to read and that would be a decision i'm making about how the resolution of my the resolution mechanic of my game is involved in the system where it's difficult to see things in space i wouldn't do that because i'd be being kind of a dick to the people who are hard of seeing uh and that's not a good thing but that's a decision i could make but if you're talking about just like easy to read dice versus that are red versus green, then that's like not that big of a deal. That doesn't really change the aesthetic of the game. I so don't understand. Okay. I so don't understand. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. I'm going to get, I feel uh, like so, we're going to get so much hate mail. Oh, we're going to get so much, so much anger. You're going to get so much anger. Uh, 
you're going to get so much anger and I'm going to get so many. Brendan, why didn't you just bring this up? Yeah. Uh, so or here's right. what I realized. Yeah. Speaking of form factor and whether it matters or not, which I thought was open and shut. Um, I realized that in Radcrawl, I was defaulting into the PBTA tendency mm-hmm. of 2D6. Because, like, I don't think that that is a core thing that if it doesn't have 2D6, it's not PBTA. Like, there's some really clear examples of that. Uh, Dungeon World is 2D6, except for when it's 2D8. Uh, the Zombie World is card-based. Yeah. Like, you, you're not, you don't have to do 2D6 to do PBTA, but I kind of assumed my way into it. And I started balancing everything around that. And I started hitting a problem. Because PBTA doesn't have a lot of space in it for modifiers. Uh, there was a recent post from uh, Vincent Baker mm-hmm. talking about the square root of two problem that sometimes he's looking at a problem and going, man, it sure would be amazing if there was a number between one and two. <laughs> and that way he could have a plus one modifier, he could have a plus two modifier, and he could have a plus something between one and two modifier. Yeah. And when he hits that problem, he goes, okay, I can't fix it. This is something that I cannot just make that number happen. Yeah. It's the same thing as um, all of the threads that Amar has written about uh, the, the mechanics of Dite, of like of the 2D6, mm-hmm. and how yeah. really there's only so many ways that you can, like, you can really only do a negative three to a plus three modifier there. So yeah. you, it, we should be, as a game designer, looking for other ways of adding dice, of, of, of holding the highest dice, or all the things that they've talked about in those threads of changing yeah. the modifiers, because there is no number between one and two that's a whole digit. Unless you don't use 2D6. And this is where I felt I had like this bolt of inspiration that I feel so stupid about. That I am writing a game that should feel random and capricious, that needs a lot of modifiers, that harkens back to D&D, and should be able to give you just miserable, terrible failure, even when you feel like you deserve better. And I went with 2D6 and gave you a beautiful little bell curve when I should have been using a D20. Yeah. And it's like that changes the game on a fundamental level because it moves you away from going like this is a character that is relatively competent and has like two steps that they can go up before they're fully maxed out to a thing where it can be like, hey, I don't care. Plus six modifier on this role and like have like things that are harder to do. And it was such it was just this this moment of like rage that I had that I had accepted so much that 2D6 was how it had to be, and I had written myself into like five or six different major problems that I could not solve because I was so insistent on keeping that 2D6. Which was Because it was just my assumption. Because also when you told me this, my yeah. my gut was like, well, of course this is a mistake. Like, you should be using a D20 because you're trying to emulate the experience of playing D&D, which is the game yeah. where you roll a D20. Yeah, but I was building it. But you weren't even. Like, but but, but so I mean, like, I'm not even, even thinking about even the numbers about it. I'm just thinking about yeah. the physicality of it. Like if I'm playing, <laughs> if I'm playing Radcrawl, and you're trying to tell my brain that I'm playing some weird D and D throwback, then mm-hmm. if I don't have a D twenty in front of me physically for my hand, my eyes to see and my hand to touch, then yeah. it's a different experience. 
Yeah. And like, and I think maybe now is where I can tie like half an hour of us just yelling at each other together <laughs> uh, is that didn't even occur to me probably because I don't care about that physicality that much. Yeah. It hadn't been important to me because I was thinking like, okay, the cards are the magic. The cards are the magic. I need to focus on the cards. I need to get these cards really, really good. And so because of that, I went with a really non-optimal uh, randomization. And so like I can talk all day about how form doesn't matter, but this is essentially a form question in my mind, right? Like 2d6 versus 1d20 is basically just saying, hey, we can randomize it two different ways. But this is fundamentally changing the way that my game works. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now I need to figure out how to do PBTA in D20. I mean, so I think that there is, I think the, like, I, I, this is the thing that like continues to baffle me and maybe someone can really explain this to me. But like, yes, the D, like 2D6 has a bell curve. But if you just like, yeah. ma- like you can make like those, the bell curve just says there are th- like with PBTA, there are three zones and those zones yeah. are different, have different amounts of likeliness of being hit. If you yeah. just build zones that are appropriately sized to equally represent that bell curve in with a d20 then fundamentally you get the same probabilities now true the way that the modifiers work is different i'll give you that yes and that's really what you need is you need the same rough probabilities probably as as 2d6 but with the ability to have a number between one and two yeah probably uh and that is mostly just a matter of me going like i don't know how to math this right away but also this allows me to think and go hey advancement is an important part of my system failure is an important part of my system characters dying is an important part of my system i don't need to balance it around seven to nine uh i had already considered raising it to like eight to eight to eleven or or even nine to twelve because i was looking for ways for people to advance but i can set it up so that failure is more is more frequent or even that those bands shift depending upon like what level of the the dungeon you're in or something like that. That's good. That. And like, I, if I had done that in 2d6, that is brutal. Yeah. Like it is too brutal. It is too scary. It is too big of a thing. Uh, because a minus one across the board modifier, essentially on everything, uh, you, you lose. Yeah. You, but on a d20, you can do that. I think there's also, there's a, there's a thing that you probably were looking for in your game, which is that, with the with 2d6 and the sort of st- standard bbta thing you really can have one modifier bec- and yeah and really because so okay so you can only have a modifier that swings between negative two negative three to positive three which means you can yeah. really only have three things that are modifying your role at about plus one but if we're talking about yeah. a game where you have like six pieces of of inv- like inventory stuff and you maybe want yeah. three or four of them to be influencing and affecting your roles well then you need more space to have modifiers exactly like if you have a strength based sword and a strength based helmet and a strength based armor that are supposed to go together then like your stat no longer makes any difference because you've already hit that plus three uh, or yeah. plus four that you can get right uh, and so, like, being able to just go, hey, yes, you can add four things together 
and get a plus seven and still be able to play the game because you can still fail makes such a difference. And it means I can do more interesting things where like an exact tie can mean something. Yeah. Beating something by X amount can mean something. Getting a 20, getting a 19 can mean something. I have to say, I really, now that you've got more room in those bands because of the different dice yeah. rolls, I really like the idea that as you delve deeper into levels, the the bands slide up to get harder. Me too. I like that a lot. Because that's a good way to ramp the difficulty, but it also feels different because you're now thinking, like, when when you start that first level, it, the... I mean, so this is this is a little bit different because you aren't rolling 2d6, but like that 7 to 9, 10 plus band is like really yeah. in, mentally intuitive for someone who's played a lot of PBTA games. But if you start yeah. to do a, and this is like, this is a great example. It's going to take me a moment to even think about this to say it. An 8 <laughs> to 10 band and then an 11 plus band. Like that's yeah. it just, it slows your brain down a little bit to 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 remember the what the right mechanic is. And the further yeah. off you get from that standard band, the more your work your brain has to do to resolve the dice roll, which will reflect yeah. the difficulty that it is. Which, which I think gets back to the physicality of it. That is the thing that I was talking about. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, I think also just it means that I can play with things more. Yeah. Um, I can say like, yes, because of X, Y, or Z effect, you get a minus one on everything, and like. I might even be able to balance it so that you can use modules like so you can just pick up like a D&D module and play it right like just by mm. saying this is what this DC this like DC 15 means this means you need this to this yeah and this to this is the minor effect which like if I can do that that's freaking huge because that means I don't need to write <laughs> a thousand modules it means I can how long until you think this but game I don't have to just becomes you reinventing D&D. Oh, is it a heartbreaker? No, it's I mean, a like, how long until you go, well, do I really need these cards? What if I just had, like, stats in a book and you chose from them? And then you had a I big mean, character sheet. Not gonna lie to you, I have considered a character sheet. Yeah. Uh, what if, and like, have you considered a really shitty skill system? Yeah, definitely a really shitty like skill a real, system. Like, <laughs> wait this has been like our first episode to go explicit <laughs> and it's been all over the place yeah. i don't know what happened like what if <laughs> yeah i don't never mind it doesn't matter it doesn't matter um that's so, uh, so i've added feet cards yeah uh you pick them out of a book i mean like i'll be honest as i was going through this and starting to look at information i was going wait is this still the roguelike arena dungeon or should I just be doing fantasy adventures at this point? No, you should be doing a roguelike arena dungeon. I like the roguelike arena dungeon. But it's like, one of the should I be are... doing an arena dungeon or should I be just doing like, like at what point, where is the difference between the roguelike arena dungeon as I was describing mm -hmm. it and a mega dungeon? Um, the, in the mechanics of the game that you're using. Yeah, I guess. But like, do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like, no, like one is you go and you have a single adventure. But if you just put four or five of those adventures in a row, you've done a mega dungeon. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's. So I guess really, it's just a matter a, of like, I mean, if you're still until talking you die, about until you die, and then you go back. If you're and still do it talking again. about like a, a game where you have cards that represent your inventory, and yeah. maybe there's an announcer that's watching you. Maybe there's an implied. Uh, audience like 
that's that all matters. That's that is different. Theming, like until you yeah. lose the cards, I think that there's a physicality difference between I've written a bunch of words on my character sheet versus I have these. I think the cards are important. I think if I lose the cards, this is a different oh, game. Oh, absolutely. And I think it isn't a game I'm interested in writing no, unless I have the cards. Don't lose the cards. No, but like I was with this, like being able to go, hey, what if this is closer to D&D in X, Y, or Z way makes it so I can, instead of having to write out like specific moves, I can say like, hey, uh, on a hit with attack, no matter what, a 10 plus, like a, a, a hit is a hit. Seven to nine, you pick one. Ten plus, you pick two. And then I can put options on the card. Because I no longer need to have, like, a full separate move for it. Because I can do more specific things, like, hey, on a 16 plus, you get a flare attack. Where, like, mm-hmm. a burst of flame comes out. Because if I made it on a seven plus or an eight plus, then it doesn't work because it's too small yeah, it's too of small a range, range band, right? I think, and this is where, like, I think... This is where it gets back to what I was talking about earlier a little bit, which is like when you are doing game design, a good way to do game design is decide what is the secret heart of your game or what are the or or put another way. What are the pillars of your game? What are the things that prop up the whole premise? And then as you are making every choice about your game, make make sure that choice you're making it reinforces one of those pillars or the secret heart. And if you're making mm, a choice, yeah. like you basically determined, like you discovered that like you had made this choice to use 2d6 as opposed to a d20. And that was undermining one of the pillars of your game that you wanted this to feel like a d20 experience, uh, Dungeons and Dragons experience, both from a mechanical yeah. point of having lots of modifiers and also from like rolling a d20. And so you had to make that choice differently and all I yeah. kind of was saying earlier is like, if you are just making a PBTA game and you're choosing 2D6 because that's what PBTA does, what, then mm-hmm. you have you've relinquished like you haven't um I haven't made a choice. I decided not to make a choice and just let it be that way because that is the way that it is done. Which gives up Things that are potentially important to the game. Yeah, like when you choose to use 2D6 as opposed to a different system, if just because that's what PBTA does and not because you chose it, then you, like, you've chosen not to make that choice and you've let Vincent Baker design more of your game. <laughs> like Because Vincent Baker decided that the right system for Apocalypse World was 2D6. And if you yeah. just go with that because it's the default, then, or like it's the default then you are relinquishing that decision. If you choose that it makes sense for your game, but like that should be a positive affirmation there. Like yes. the same way that if you just take all the Apocalypse World basic moves and put them into your game, you haven't made a decision. You've let Vincent Baker design more of your game. And, yeah. and, and that may work, but it may not optimize your game for the thing you're trying to do. If you look exactly. at those basic moves and you say, no, this thing that I'm trying to do, those basic moves will work perfectly. I don't need to change them. Well, that's a different story. Yeah, as long as you're making the decision. As long as you're making the that. decision. Because you are the game designer, you should be making decisions. Absolutely. And also, just uh, to make it very explicit, Vincent Baker does not want to design the Radcliffe. Yeah. <laughs> Vincent Baker, I think, is 
Uh, I had a wonderful conversation with him. He's uh, the sweetest, most wonderful guy. Uh, was definitely a little horrified by rat crawl. <laughs> but also, like, you don't want if you if you like if you don't make choices, then Vincent Baker is designing your game, and he's designing it the way that he wants to design it. But it's not the game that you want to make. You want to make the game that you want to make. Well, we also we I brought up like the Heartbreaker before, right? The the game that you are so that you're so deeply invested in doing this game that someone else has done that you don't make your own game. And that's that risk if you're not making choices, yeah. right? I hope the the age of the D&D Heartbreaker is gone. I don't know. But I know that it isn't. I hope that it isn't. It'll never be gone. I hope that it, I, I hope that it isn't, but I hope that the people who want to make a fantasy heartbreaker like the problem with all of those people is again that they're not making choices about their game. They are letting mm-hmm. D&D write they're they're letting Gary Gygax write their game for them. If every one of those people made decisions about the mechanics of their game, then those games would be better and and they I would want to play all of them. I wouldn't want to play all oh, of them. Okay. Um but also uh I guess the heartbreaker I know the heartbreaker also is tied in with the fact that people would spend like thousands of dollars of their own money to do a print run yeah. and then end up with boxes and boxes of the game in their basement which I think is happening a little less because of Kickstarter and other yeah. things like that. But bo- boxes yeah. and boxes of Gary Gagax's game that they didn't make choices yes. about changing. Well, but more, to, with more versimilitude. That's what Radcrawl needs, is versimilitude. Yes. You should publish <laughs> the game under the nom de guerre of Gary Gygax. <laughs> I'm sure they won't have any Brandon legal Leon problems. Gygax. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gygax Gambetta. <laughs> That's got a good ring to it. Gygax. That's awful. That's fair. All right. So... <laughs> I, I'm relatively confident that we don't have any listeners named Gygax Gambetta, so yeah. I'm confident in saying that that's awful. Um, all right, so I think we have, thankfully, perhaps hit the end of this episode, and um, we'd like to apologize. We'd like to apologize to, to everyone. Yeah, um, but we would like to make the conscious decision now to move into the outro <laughs> of our show, not because that's yes. the way that we've done it, not that, not that, not that it's because that's the way that NPR makes podcasts. Uh, but because this is the way that we make podcasts. And so we have I chosen spent, this. I spent like $4,000 on outros and I just have boxes and boxes of outros yeah. sitting in my basement. Yeah. Someone uh, please buy these outros. Yeah. So if you would like to buy outros from Brandon, you can reach out to us or if you're very angry about <laughs> almost everything we said this episode, then you can reach out to us on Twitter where we together are at Stop, Hack and Roll or individually I am at End the Meltdowns. And I'm at Leo and Gambetta. You can find all our episodes, links to some of the games we've been working on, and a couple other things at www.stophackandroll.com. You can also email us at James or Brandon at stophackandroll.com. If you like the show, you can uh, give us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find it. Those recommendations might help, but it does give us a whole bunch of happy feelings when we read them. Yeah. We also, we make this podcast and all of our other podcasts, which is just the one, uh <laughs> that we make um with the, the 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 support of backers from patreon uh i'd like to welcome a new backer michael purdue uh as well as thank some of our old favorites like jeff stormer shaban gartland troy pitchelman 
Christian Guanzon, Spencer Austin, Justin Hunter, Chris Wittich, Thomas, and Anthony Sheets. If you'd like to help support the show and all of the future shows we may produce, uh, you can check. feel free to check us out at patreon.com slash stophackandroll. Quick little shout out to one of those patrons. Uh, I'm going to be on Jeff Stormer's Party of One podcast uh, in somewhere in December uh, because we have our annual Christmas tradition of uh, me going on playing someone with us. So go check out Party of One soon if you'd like to hear me play what promises to be an adorable story. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Uh, If you can't support us financially, consider supporting our community by becoming a part of it. It is so wonderful having people involved, and we have been so blessed to have just a fantastic community of designers and players and GMs and and just every every kind of game verber. Uh, the Stop Back and Roll Discord, which is what I'm talking about right now at tinyurl.com slash Discord or discord.stopbackandroll.com, is also like the premier place for masks, uh, one of the best design communities I've ever seen. And just, just phenomenal. James thinks so also. James James gets less emotional talking about it than I do. I get super emotional. We constantly about have it. people come in and say, hey, I was listening to your podcast and it's inspired me to make my game. And that really like just makes my life and keeps us going, really. There we go. James getting emotional. Not getting too. emotional. Ugh, it's the end of the year. Does that to us. Yeah. So at the end of every episode, we have, we mindfully select our one final Yahoo that we'll talk about in next week's episode. Right. We talk about it over the week mindfully uh, and definitely decide to do this for ourselves uh, and for our podcast every week. It's part of our design. And so for our final Yahoo uh, question from Yahoo answers uh, user, uh, I will call them Gary Gygax. And they ask, how can I remember to stop hack and roll? This is the part of the podcast where we talk about what we can't let go from this last week. So, Brandon, I don't know what you can't let go, but what I can't let go of is remembering to stop, hack, and roll.